back in the studio. Red lights in person. on. Red lights on. We got our new camera. We got our new mics. And we have the newest international winner, gold medalist at the FISU World Championships. I believe that was the name. That's Miss Julia Skulls on the mic. How are we? I'm great. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy for this conversation. That's right. Wugs. Wugs. That's a big deal. Oh, yeah. World University I Games. just had a process. Well, is it yeah, a, yeah. World yeah. University <laughs> Games. You, you guys didn't call it Wugs? Was now that was, I'm that probably going to refer to it as Wugs. It was different, though. It wasn't World University Games. Oh, it was, it was World the... University Championships. Oh, okay. Mm. So that was only volleyball, right? Yeah, beach volleyball was there, but there was also a triathlon Okay. Uh, competition. So well. when I went back in the day in, uh, where was I? Russia. No, China? Russia. I don't know. I went twice. But that was the games. So it was like a mini Olympics. But oh, then yeah. we got invited later to the championships, which is the same thing, but just your sports there. Mm. So you were at that. Yes. Okay. I wasn't yes. sure. Okay. Because I'd heard of university games, but I'd never heard of what you guys just played. But that was a good field. Like you guys beat a lot of good teams to win that gold medal and in brazil too which yes. is awesome jose was stoked <laughs> he was i honestly going into the final was like i don't really care to win this for me like i want to win it for jose because i know how happy he'll be <laughs> doesn't that say a lot about jose the fact that he has so many wins to his career at every level and he's just so amped to yeah. win like for anyone any team he represents mm-hmm. and then he comes back to us like you guys see what we did you see what my girls did out there like bragging t- to us, and it's just like you're you're that the man. So you're funny. awesome, Jose. Yeah. How? Uh, what was the process for that? I never really know like how people qualify for it, and just how you get there, and just like what even the competition was. Yeah. So there was a trials in June, I believe, um, and the top two U.S. teams go. So if you make it to the okay. finals, you go. Um, and Haley and I lost the trials. Uh, in the finals, um, but we knew we would still get to go. Okay, and that was to um, Lexi Denenberg? Yeah, Lexi Denenberg and, and, and Maddie. Maddie May. Okay. Yeah. Um, so from there, we didn't know if there would be a qualifier to play into the World Games because we had a guaranteed one spot with um, for the main draw with um, just the trials and then uh, didn't know for the second team. But okay. we, were, we ended up bringing three teams, and we okay. were all like – in the tournament from the beginning, so it's okay. nice. It's good to have that straight into main draw. Going all the way to Brazil, playing a single limb qualifier. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the world tour right there, in a nutshell. We got a trash truck coming by right now. You guys are going to hear it. We had to open the windows today. <laughs> Steamy in the yeah, studio. But yeah, warm. going, like we were talking about it with, who was our last guest who we were talking about? Just to get used to the world tour, you have to just... Fly somewhere. Sophie. Play one match, lose, and just be like, why am I halfway yeah. across the world right now? Yeah. And then it's a, like, okay, now you're on the world tour. Welcome. Yeah. Sophie Bukovic, she's like, fly to Thailand, lose in the qualifier, stay there for three days, and then see if you really want to play beach volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing this at, at the... Doing it live. At the dump, people. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to let you marinate on that. Everyone has their jobs. <laughs> Yep. They gotta do what they this gotta is do. Such they gotta classic, like sandcast conditions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like everything was perfect for 20 minutes chatting off like, camera. Oh, wow, they really got their audio <laughs> down. <laughs> and they and they turned it up in their car, and then it's just straight <laughs> trash truck. <laughs> but this has been, I mean, a heck of a year for you. 
when you win national championships at USC, second straight, and then you come out and you've made what, like a handful of finals? Until Manhattan, all of your AVPs, you had at least a third. Win Atlanta, finals in Fort Lauderdale, win a gold medal in Brazil. <laughs> it's a kick-ass year, Julia. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I honestly wasn't really expecting very much going into the summer, and um, I've been pleasantly surprised, and I'm, I just love the sport, so I'm just so thankful to be able to play, um, and winning is obviously a bonus, but... All of it has been such a blessing, for sure. Yeah. Has there been, I mean, a moment that sticks out to you as, like, kind of the the big memory from this year? That's a tough question. Um, I feel like there's been so many moments within the big moments that mm. have been so special and so fun with just, like, relationships and conversations and I love playing with Gina and like the time we share on and off the court has been such a joy. So uh, I can't say that there's like yeah. one pivotal moment that I'm like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because sometimes the like everyone would pick like your biggest win or that specific, mm-hmm. you know, everyone would pick a certain moment, probably winning Atlanta, right? But then like when you look back in your mind, it's like some random thing. Like, oh, I was in the player's tent and I split a peanut butter jelly with someone or something random (laughs) like that like sometimes you hear that and it's just funny what your mind remembers like what sticks in your brain or a conversation Mm -hmm. with someone or something like that and we had we had Gina on the podcast uh, not too long ago and it's been really cool to see Gina's career sort of do kind of a 180 because she Mm -hmm. was like straight into main draw made a couple finals with Angela Benson was like at the top it was like a matter of time everyone thought until Gina broke through and then she had this little dip didn't even qualify for the Champions Cup and was just sort of out of the scene. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, picks up Julia Scholes, mm-hmm. and bam, like, you helped resurrect Gina's career. And it wasn't so much, when we were talking to Gina, it's not like physically she's all that different. She said it's just like it was just finding that right partner and that right mm-hmm. chemistry. I'm curious to hear your side of it, just how you and Gina got together and, and what you saw in Gina that made you think, yeah, this is this is the right one. Yeah, I mean, just as a person, since the day I met Gina, I respected her so much and just the way she approaches training, um, how she consistent she stayed through the pandemic because I remember being at SC and online and remotely and not practicing, going to the beach and she being at different practices um, and just how dedicated she was in the uncertainty of not knowing when the next events would be. And then also, like you me- mentioned, like the championship cup is the only event that they had and not being in that. And like, I feel like some people would face that and be discouraged and maybe try to um, switch to like a different career or like something um, that is more sure. Um, so I've just have respected her work ethic and her approach and her tenacity within that. Um, and then we practice a few times uh, in the fall and then she was like would you want to partner um and when she said that I was like yes because it was all encompassing like she's a great player she's a great person uh she has a good head on her shoulders in terms of work, work ethic and commitment um and she's on top of everything like she's great at scheduling mm-hmm. as and I call her mentor Gina like she knows <laughs> she knows the beach world and like she just yeah she's definitely I feel like been such a mentor um, and leader for our team and for me. So it's been awesome to work with her. I feel yeah. like that's a, like in the beginning of your career, you almost want to lean more towards getting a veteran to kind of show you the ropes 
even if maybe you think a younger talent is more talented or like has a higher upside volleyball wise, just to like get the ropes of being a professional down early in your career. I remember me and um, Riley McKibben, we played in our first event together and we we're winning. You know, we, we used to win tournaments back in Hawaii and we were all confident. And, uh, and, and Stein Metzger, we're like, oh, it's Stein Metzger. Like we're talking with him all stoked because we really looked, looked up to him. And then he's like, yeah, you guys should break up and play with someone else. And we're like, eh, fuck <laughs> this guy. Get out of here. What does he I'm know? breaking up. <laughs> and then I partnered with Hayden and it was the best choice ever. So he was right. <laughs> but it's so valuable. Like we were talking about earlier, the FIVB points and whatnot. Yeah. To learn how that whole system works and which, what tours do I go to the, I don't even know. What, what are they called nowadays? Or the different levels of uh, uh you got the elite 16 challenger and future challenger future and then we got tour pro and <laughs> it's gold, series. gold series and then we got the championships that's i'm still wondering is this the champion like are you the champions for winning and anyway it's confusing you're in for I'm a real wild ride not trying to oh <laughs> norseka is even better <laughs> see how confused but usually you end up you just Go with the flow, and you end up where you're going to be, where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And this is, I mean, what was crazy, I was going through your BVB uh, last night, and you'd only played in one professional main draw for this year. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And you guys, you played well. You went to three in both, but you lost both. And then here you come out and you play like a veteran. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to say it. (laughs) It's all right. No shame. (laughs) Like, what, what would you say is the difference between... You know the Julia Scholes of, of last year and the one this year who came out and I mean you've established yourselves as one of the most promising blockers we have on the AVP and really fast. That is kind of you to say. I don't really view myself like that, but <laughs> um, I think last year I was still learning the beach game, um, and as you know, like my history is an in indoor, um, and so I feel like it's been such a difficult transition initially and then just the experience component I found in beach is so monumental of like if you know how to play the game well um and you're not necessarily the most athletic you're gonna win Mm -hmm. over someone who's way more powerful and dynamic than you every time just because of the experience component and just knowing uh the game of beach um and so I would say like last year um I don't want to make any excuses. Like, I feel like I was in good shape. Like, I tried. We tried our best, but we just lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happens. <laughs> There's not really a answer, I guess. But this year, I feel like um, I didn't really have much many expectations because of that experience from last year of, like, oh, like, I'm just going to try to make each main draw. Like, that was my goal mm-hmm. for this year. <laughs> Turns out you Won a gold series. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> pretty dang cool. Thank you. How was yeah. the switch in your head like when you, I guess, Florida, what, you made the finals, mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, now I'm, like, did your expectations change a lot in your own head? Like, oh, now I'm a finals player. Like, now this is kind of where I've set the bar for myself. Because you said you just wanted to make the main draw a few tournaments earlier. Yeah. And now you're in the finals. It's like, did you move that bar all the way up to... I'm a finals player now at that moment? No, I think my mindset has never been to think about outcomes Mm -hmm. or think about placement of where I fall. 
Um, more so just literally show up to each game and try my best and the outcome is the outcome. Um, and with like you mentioning, oh, like if you got to the finals, uh, do you view yourself as a finals player now? Honestly, like getting to the finals and winning an AVP has been so humbling because it makes, it's made me realize that like anyone can win on any given day. And Hmm. like the people at the top are like, so good at volleyball and Mm -hmm. like I could have caught them on their off day and vice versa and like so it's really dependent on the day of like who's going to show up who's going to play high level volleyball and am I capable of it yes but is everyone else also capable yes so it's like definitely lights a fire to want to continue to to uh push forward and to chase excellence and to master your game. And so hopefully you can continue to like yourself win more consecutively and kind of separate yourself from the pack. Yeah. I think that's a super good mentality to take because I feel like when I, every time I'm going to these tournaments now and I'm not really, I've never won three out of four. So being at the very top is, is new to me. Mm -hmm. But like every time I tell myself like, okay, now now that now it's really against you. Like now everyone's got a target on your on your back. Now everyone's gonna play better against you. Like now it's more challenging. Now the first round guys are gonna come at you even harder. Mm-hmm. When I take that approach versus like I'm like I'm winning now. Like <laughs> things are flowing. Yeah. And like things are gonna kinda keep flowing the same way if I just keep doing the same stuff. That's like where the trap is for me. So I think that's really valuable to just be like, no 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 now it's harder or like you know just keep humbling yourself like now there's other teams that could do the same thing or whatever it might be never giving yourself an excuse to just be like i'm the shit (laughs) (laughs) that's an exaggeration but like it is easy to to fall into that trap even subconsciously you're not telling yourself that but you actually think it Mm -hmm. Uh, especially with me and trevor like you know We celebrated last night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are we gonna do tonight? <laughs> See now, that's a veteran that move there. Legendary. That was that a veteran awesome. move. Where I'm like, okay, I also know that I'm an entertainer, so I have my meetings with the sports psych. I know where my head's yeah. gotta be, but I'm also like, let's for entertain the fans, the fans yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I and, love it. and I was just teed I up for that, that one, so I was like, all right, let's let's hit this one out of the park and move on. Dude, it was so funny. So yeah. my. Uh, my cousins and my uncle, who uh, they were at my wedding and they met you, and yeah. they so they watched Fort Lauderdale and they were like, "I didn't know Try and Trevor were so cocky." <laughs> they were like, "They were so nice and sweet at the wedding." I was like, "They are," but like, that's them. Like, that's their role that they play, and it's a necessary one. It, it'd be yeah. cool to show the fans like our sports psych meetings and like where we have to keep our heads and be at and like very in our bubble team like hey remember don't let our heads go to the finals first match first few points like it's very strategic all of it but at the same time just playing with trevor a kid that i literally grew up playing with when we were kids and like we the dialogue's been the same our whole lives but it wasn't like that when i was with hayden so now i'm playing with him again and it just feels fun and like we Mm -hmm. can just we're just making noise out there really it's not the trash talks, whatever. Like, I think when people talk to us, we're so comfortable with it. It's like, okay, you're going to heighten our play. But, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've had to learn it, though. Like, I couldn't talk mm-hmm. and play when I was younger. Now it's I can kind of separate the two. Yeah. I think uh, it would have been – it's so impressive that not just you're so humble, um, but everyone out of that USC program is so humble 
And it, I'm not saying it's, it's hard to be humble, but I mean, you guys had so much success. I mean, you look at what your class of Trojans was able to accomplish. You won an NCAA championship. When we talked to Dane, I mean, I think we agreed that it's probably the most talented class in, in NCAA beach volleyball history. Like your starting lineup was insane. You win an AVP. Tina wins an AVP with Haley. Then Tina goes and wins European championships. And yeah. all you guys are so humble and down to earth and sweet as can be. And I'm wondering, like, what was that culture at USC like? Because I feel like that's a very rare thing to create. Yeah, the culture was phenomenal across the board. Like, it was such a cool program to be a part of and a special year to be a part of it. And you mentioned, like, the trash talking. Like, that was our culture. Really? Yes. Yes. Like, we jokingly... First of all, I feel like there was no jealousy on our team, which is something I feel like hard in other programs because it is an individual sport, but also a team sport. So mm-hmm. you're vying for those positions. But I think everyone knew their role and what we were there to do. Um, and so in practices, we were able to like just joke around and like Haley and I have such a banter mm-hmm. that like I'll hit a ball. I'll be like, where were you? And then she'll like <laughs> hit a ball off my block and be like, give me that. And like, that. it's just like constant smack talk but in the lighthearted, fun goofy way so I feel like it pushed everyone to be their best self but also realize like it's a sport we do it for fun we can joke around and still play at a high level and so that was my favorite part it was just like how goofy practices were but how intense they were too so that's so good and the girls were like my best friends too like Mm. playing with Delaney was such a joy like I love that girl um and then across the board like I love all of our all of my teammates and so it was just so fun to go to practice and like be surrounded by such a good group that was like so positive so encouraging so motivating and also worked so hard yeah that's so cool one of the most valuable things i think that me and trevor have is that when we're at practice we're competing against and the dialogue against each other is way more intense than (laughs) what we're doing to other people in the games and that's like if practice is slow coach just has to be like all right competition who's gonna hit the target five times first and we're just trying to get into each other's heads and make him miss and just like heckle yeah and like oh wow nice shot lettuce hand kind of thing you know like (laughs) dumb stuff like that and then you got the brazilians in there no but like that's the most valuable thing because we get bored right Mm -hmm. at practice and stuff and then you put us against each other and and boom we're right into that competition. I, I can't lose to Trevor. You can't. <laughs> You're not going to hear the end of it for like a week <laughs> if you lose to him, you know? And it does happen, but it's just such a good, valuable thing for a coach to be able to just be like, okay, I have these competitive athletes that can just leave it on the court, put them against each other, and just let them fight it out. And there's that game intensity. But you have to have unique athletes for that. And, mm-hmm. and number two, I think it's really cool to hear that on the women's side. Because I think as you guys get more comfortable at the pro level and understand now we're entertainers, we're trying to not do anything fake or inauthentic, but like sharing all this stuff with fans, letting them in on like our actual inner feelings is like really valuable to the entertainment of the sport. So as you get, as I've gotten older and I'm like 10 years in almost now, I'm like more comfortable just like, okay, however I am. I'm just going to be that for the fans and, and let it come out. Whereas in the beginning, like, focus, 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 focus. Don't say it to stuff out loud. I don't know if, how <laughs> this is going to come off. Or, mm-hmm. like, fans to hear that stuff. Because we don't hear it that much on the girls' side. Yeah. Um, it's cool to hear. 
So eventually we just let that. Haley kind of, she makes noise. She makes yeah. a lot of noise, right? I yeah. would say in the finals against Haley in Fort Lauderdale, um, there were a few times where we were like talking back and forth, but like jokingly. Yeah. Um, and one of, like she kept telling me, and she's like, "Give me that." And then I remember she made like an insane play, and I was like, "Wow, that was awesome!" So I was back in service eve, and I look across the net, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "I'm like that was pretty cool." <laughs> so good. Did it did it put you at ease a little bit to have such a familiar opponent in the final of Fort Lauderdale? Because I feel like almost the more nerve-wracking match, if I were you, would have been the semifinal where you're playing Kelly uh, Chang and Betsy Flint, who I, I think is probably the number one ranked team on the AVP. And then you, you beat them, and then you in the finals you're like, oh, my teammates. I've seen <laughs> them so many times. Did that help just ease the nerves of what would usually come with a final? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what would usually come with the final because right, yeah, it was, <laughs> that yeah, right. was my first True. one. Good point. Um, but I would say I was just so pumped for Haley and Tina and was like, this is like a practice, like plus Gina. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we were just so pumped to be there and we're like, let's make the most of this opportunity and we'll we'll try our best. But mm-hmm. ultimately, like I was so happy for Haley and Tina and like it was just a really cool weekend to be a part of and have Haley and I like both make our finals like together yeah which was cool super cool yeah and uh that final i think was one of the grittiest performances from an athlete i've seen in a long time we learned a lot about you in that one (laughs) and dane was talking about it because we just had him on last week and he said that you know the the night before ncaa championships he gets a call from the trainers like hey julie's been all night up all night sick and dane's like that's a bummer but also awesome because if we had to pick one athlete to get sick, it's Julia Skulls. Like she's the toughest person; she'll be fine. You, you and Delaney end up sealing the championship winning point. Here comes Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> and you're sick in the technical timeout, and you just come out and like most people would just like try to rest up for the rest of the set and just yeah. like go win the third, and you come out and you're bombing. <laughs> it was amazing. That's I would say that's not a quality that's like. I'm proud of. I just don't know how to pace. I don't know how to conserve energy and pace myself. It's like very much all or nothing. So I definitely, in retrospect, retrospect would have handled that match a lot differently because I didn't realize how serious heat injuries and like heat exhaustion and heat stroke could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the match, like, like I had to be carried off and like put in an ice tub, um, and it was just like very scary after the fact because the adrenaline kind of keeps you right. going, mm-hmm. and then you get to a point where you're like, oh my gosh, like my body is now in shock and like I need to recover from this and I feel terrible and yeah, so I now understand that heat <laughs> exhaustion is actually serious, <laughs> and it was funny because we had a conversation at dinner the night before Tina Haley and I. Um, and I think Haley had like thrown up in a game and then played like way better. And Tina's like, yeah, there's something about the mindset. Like you throw up and you're out there, like, don't mess with the person who just threw up. So I was like in the, in the timeout, like I was throwing up and I'm like, oh yeah, Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) I'm like, here we go. (laughs) I love it. That's amazing. Says so much. I was in the, in the tent getting treatment and, uh. I think Karina was like, oh, we got one of the girls is throwing up uh, on the sideline like a bunch. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that sucks. Like (laughs) finals over, waiting to see like the player get carried over to the tent. No, they keep going. Well, they're still playing. Okay. 
And they're like, yeah, Julia Scholes is like hammering balls now. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know bombing. what happened. I was like, <laughs> that is amazing, though. Uh, and and you always, you want to air, I mean, ideally you'd be the person who's doing too much, going too hard, and then it feels good when you're at that point, you know that you're willing to go there, and now all you have to do is back off, because mm-hmm. backing off feels good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've kind of had to do that for myself a little bit, where, where our coaches are like, hey, don't. Don't push it this week. Take it easy. I was like, oh, I was going to go for it. But it's easy to to back off. To step up your training is the hard part. So I think you're in a good place. It's really just a matter of efficiency, I think. Mm-hmm. That was like the big word in my head. that I, I watched film with Mike Dodd, and he's like, bro, you're like not efficient at all. <laughs> just like full squat, like deep moving everywhere fast and like there's no efficiency to your movements so that's mm-hmm. been something i focused on and it's it's definitely helpful so you're in a good place though that's a great place to like just <laughs> figure out efficiency from like a thousand percent to like okay i'm gonna go yeah whatever i, I think like try said that's a, it's a good it's a good starting point when your mistake is overworking yeah exactly <laughs> you can always dial back but i'm i'm curious if, like have you always been wired like that to just work as hard as you do all the time? I mean, we're all human, and I feel like I don't live up to my expectations a lot of how hard I could be working and how hard I could be pushing. But then, like you said, you have to understand efficiency and balance and understanding that rest is a part of growing and getting better. Um, I honestly would attribute my work ethic to childhood gymnastics. Really? Like, that was honestly the most intense regimen I've ever had in terms of athletic training. Like Interesting. I, it was, like, four hours a day. I was homeschooled. It's like, four hours a day, th- two hours in the mornings, like, every other morning. Um, and it was, looking back, I'm like, how old was I? Like, that was for sure child abuse parts of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was very intense, and I think that a set the foundation for my muscular development because I think when you're young, like you develop muscles at a more way more fast than if you're mm-hmm. old trying to put on muscle. Hmm. Um, and so I think that set my muscular development and then also like set the bar for what it means to work hard. And so every other sport after that, it was like, well, this is nothing compared to gymnastics. Like that's crazy. Yeah. So I think I definitely attribute it to childhood gymnastics gymnastics is also the sport that i think of that if you put a kid in it that's when they're going to learn the best coordination and balance and all -hmm. those things you know how to control your body and whatnot yeah my dad has some gymnastics till we were about eight yeah um because like you said my dad just wanted to have us like a foundation of just Mm -hmm. athletic movements Mm -hmm. how long were you Mm -hmm. in gymnastics for because you're tall Yeah, I feel like I got out right at the perfect time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I did it for around five or six years. Okay. Yeah, I quit at like level seven. Your toes started dragging on the uneven bars? (laughs) (laughs) No, they had to literally uh, completely like as far as the uneven bars could go. That's how they they said it (laughs) as like a child. (laughs) That's funny. Well, I remember when I think back on like my work ethic and whatnot, it has nothing to do with volleyball. Like volleyball has never been hard for me. Yeah. It's always basketball, coaches punishing you, running lines, and then soccer where you had like whatever. We had like regional training where he's like, you can go home when you throw up. That kind of thing. Yeah. And but, but ever since then, it's like, well, volleyball is just so easy. Like, I might as well. I can work really hard, and it's still not as hard as that kind of stuff where you just run till you throw up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
or just, you know, make the finals of Fort Lauderdale and get to the tech. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah, exactly. But what I want to know, like, what did the week after Fort Lauderdale in Atlanta look like? Because, I mean, you were borderline heat exhaustion, get in the ice tub, and then you probably didn't train a whole heck of a lot before Atlanta, and then you come out and win the dang thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the week leading up to Atlanta, I would say, looked more so like recovery from the weekend and I remember talking with Karina one of the athletic trainers and she said explained to me heat exhaustion and was like you're basically cooking your insides and your body needs to reset it's like a shock to the system um and so I went and got like IVs I got a lot of electrolytes um I just rested I feel like I slept a lot more um and then I think Wednesday or Thursday was our first practice Um, And I think from Fort Lauderdale, Gina and I were like, all right, we made it to the finals. Like, this is our weekend. Like, we can do this. Um, And I think we just went in with not, like, expectations, but also with more confidence in, like, this is not out of reach. Um, And so I think that balance of confidence as well as not expecting to win was helpful in terms of having success in the tournament Mm -hmm. nice did it feel different making the atlanta final um i'm trying to remember the feelings (laughs) (laughs) um i remember sunday because obviously there was a lot of adverse weather conditions and so everything kind of changed in the format and we always joke we're like we're first set gals so whenever they changed the format to one to 28 Uh i was like yes this is made for us (laughs) (laughs) yeah and especially also for energy conservation because we had way more games sunday than we would have and i think um Going into each match, I was like, oh, this is a really good team because I feel like we played a lot of the top teams on our side of the bracket. And so I was like, oh, like, I'm just happy to be here. Like, I'm excited to play them. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, we won. (laughs) And then the next one, I'm like, oh, well, at least we made it this far. Like, (laughs) I'm just excited (laughs) to play them. This is a really good team. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my gosh, we won again. (laughs) So I feel like each time I was like, oh, my gosh, like didn't really anticipate the final. Just like like you said, taking each match for what it is. And we just continued to go. And I was like, until the last point of the finals, I'm like, did we really just do that? I can't believe that. So it was really cool. It sounds really similar to um, hearing Taryn and Kristen talk about Atlanta the year before because they had come all the way from the quali to win it. And it was the same thing. They're just like, oh, we're just gonna play this match. Like, oh wow, oh, I guess we're good. I guess we're that good. And then, <laughs> oh wow, we beat this team. And everyone was just surprising themselves, uh-huh. which is yeah. great. And the, I mean, the women's field in general, it's been so fun to watch because it's just been, like you said earlier, anyone yeah. can beat anyone, yeah. and that has never been truer than mm-hmm. this year. And it's funny. Because I, I looked at it, and I'm like, it's amazing what happens when April doesn't play. I know. I'm like, thank it's you, a, April and Alex. A, I know. I'm like, thank you for, uh, thank you for semi-retiring, Phil. Yeah, for a moment. <laughs> that's what, and Dane spoke to He's like, when, when April's out, um, and like when Phil's sort of you know, kind of not messing around this year, but messing around a little bit, and yeah. Jake's gone, and he's like, there's no guard anymore. There's no t- one team that you look at and like, to win this tournament, I have to get through that team. And it's been really fun for at least for me as a fan of just watching beach volleyball on the women's side. It's been awesome. I'm curious what it's like been as a player where you play that first round, any team you play could end up winning. Exactly. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think that's what's made each weekend so exciting and just thinking about possibilities of like anyone could win. And so that's what I said is like so humbling is like so many teams are good and it's just like about bringing your A game after A game after A game and capitalizing on if someone brings you their B game. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm I'm curious because like the college season, it's so long. And it's, well, it's not long, but it is compact. I mean, you're just competing, competing, competing. You're training a ton. You haven't had a break since, like, February. Well, after NC's, um, I tweaked my knee and had, like... That's right. Yeah, so I was rehabbing for, like, the month of May. And so that was honestly a nice built-in break. And because I was in my friend... Or I went to my friend's wedding as well, and Gina was the maid of honor for the AVP Austin or... New Orleans? Did you New, Orleans? Skip New Orleans? Austin was yeah. the first one. Okay, I think it was New Orleans, actually. Yeah, ABP skipped, New Orleans. Uh, San Antonio. That yeah. was when you tweaked your knee, right? And that was the qualifier for, for New, New Orleans. Orleans. Okay, yes. So we both had, like, weddings that she was going to attend anyway. So I'm like, this is a perfect time to have an injury. Makes me appreciate my sport more. I have <laughs> built-in downtime. Yeah. Can yeah. focus more in the weight room. But, yeah, definitely put things in perspective. And then... Thankfully, it wasn't like a lagging injury. I still have knee issues for sure, but they're, no play, they're playable. <laughs> yeah. Right. Get the corn out. <laughs> Gabby's muffins are out. <laughs> yeah. That was a test yeah. to see if he'd walk by them. <laughs> but this, I mean, this whole year you've played how many tournaments now? And you're starting to do the international stuff. Was the Brazil tournament the first time you've gone overseas to play? Yes. How was it? Just like yes. the Oh, my experience. gosh. It was an experience. Yeah. Yes. I have so many stories from this trip that could probably fill another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just the process of getting there. There was some, like, logistical things with paperwork. And so Haley and I got stuck in the Fort Lauderdale airport. And so we left on Thursday night and didn't get there until Saturday at, like, 4 o'clock. So I'm like, that was quite the travel day. Um, and then there was like a 24-hour flu that pretty much knocked out 80% of the athletes, and people were like aggressively throwing up. Oh. And Haley got that on Tuesday. Oh. Thankfully, I was one of the th- three or four people from the American team that didn't get sick. Oh. <laughs> but like, yeah, so girls were like showing up to matches. Like when we played Canada, uh, Liam Monkhouse actually had the sickness and was throwing up all night, and she was like not okay in our game. And oh, so man. it was very unfortunate because when you travel all that way, like, you want to bring your best game, and you also want your opponent to bring their best game, and mm-hmm. you don't want sickness or something to inhibit your play, and you don't want to win when someone mm-hmm. is sick, and I you're do. like, <laughs> 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 I mean, just being honest. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I do want to win, obviously, yeah. but it's like, it's like, oh, like I wish we could have a fair battle. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that component, and then. It was just interesting adjusting to, like, the different kinds of foods. Um, and I, like, Google translated so many conversations, not like, a lot in of Portuguese. English spoken in Brazil. <clears throat> oh, what'd you say? There's not a lot of English spoken no. in Brazil. No. Um, but I, I, yeah, I worked my Portuguese as good as I could. Um, and that was probably the most fun part, was, like, trying to communicate with the locals. Mm-hmm. And I would uh, translate pretty lengthy sentences. Like, I remember one of... Um, my teammates brought back 
brought me groceries, um, and we were in the dining hall, and instead of going up to my room, because we were going to get acai, I just wanted to give it to the front desk people. So I Google Translate, I was like, hello, I was wondering if you could take this bag and hold it behind your counter while I go get acai. I will be back in 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And they were standing there looking at me, and they are like, trying not to bust out laughing. (laughs) (laughs) And they say... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. They, like, grab it. Yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they were like laughing. And so I got a kick out of them getting a kick out of yeah. me trying to speak Portuguese. Uh-huh. So it just like fueled the fire. So I just kept talking yeah. so much. And then even in our games, like Haley would show me the blocking calls and Portuguese sim is yes. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even like realize it, but she would show me. I'd be like, sim, sim. And then I, and she like didn't say anything about it. And then la- later in the evening at film she was like what are you doing responding to me in portuguese in the game (laughs) (laughs) she's like i'm trying to play and you're like seem seem (laughs) yeah so we are at the technical timeout of sandcast which means it is time to give a lot of love to our sponsors who are the ones who keep the show going and we thank you guys the listeners for giving support to the sponsors which then allows us to continue supporting us it's a virtuous cycle we love it we love that you're listening we love that the sponsors are on board and we love that wilson volleyball has been with us since day one Almost five years now, Wilson has been working with the boys, and we love those guys. We love the volleyballs they make, the ball carts they make. We love the apparel that they make. I saw Troy Field playing golf with the golf clubs that they make. We love Wilson. Love everything they got. Love everything they put out there, and as do you. And to get a 20% discount of all Wilson materials, just the volleyball stuff, get use the discount code SANDCAST-20. All right, that's SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off all Wilson materials. I mean, I'd say that off-season's coming up, but there's really no off-season. But at this point in the year, you probably need to restock up on volleyballs. I know I have. I just put in an order for 15 more. It's about time for you to do the same. So use the discount code SANDCAST-20 to restock on all Wilson volleyballs, the best beach volleyball in the game. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. And guess what? Try and I just signed on another year-long contract with Athletic Greens, keeping the partnership going because it is one of the best partnerships we could have for this podcast. If you guys aren't on Athletic Greens yet, if you're not taking those scoops of those green veggies, I cannot recommend it enough. I haven't been sick in two years because of Athletic Greens, and we bring it on the road. They have these awesome little travel packs that they bring. you can bring on the road with you. I bring them everywhere. I haven't missed a day in the last year and a half or so, pretty much ever since me and Try started working with them. It's basically a multivitamin, the best multivitamin on the block. It's cheap. It's less than $3 a day, which it might sound expensive, but if you're investing in your health, it's cheaper than your cold brew coffee habit. It's cheaper than the lattes, and it's way better for you. All right, it's it's the the best all-in-one nutritional insurance you can get. I mean, Joe Rogan, he has it. Tim Ferriss is promoting it. Michael Gervais promoting it. Andrew Huberman's promoting it. All the big dogs are. We're just the little dogs here at Sandcast, and we're promoting it, and we stand by it. Me and Try, we've been healthy all season long despite playing two huge schedules this year, and Try's got another couple big ones coming up with Olympic qualifying. And the best way we're fueling ourselves, athletic greens. 
If you love the podcast and want to show how much you love the podcast, then get some Sandcast merchandise. We've got t-shirts, we've got tank tops, we've got coffee mugs, hats, long sleeves, sweatshirts, backpacks, you name it. If you go to sandcastmerch.com, you can find virtually anything you want. And if there's nothing in our store that you don't that you want, you can just send us an email and we'll make it for you. That's how easy it is. So if you want to rock your the merch of your favorite podcast today, tomorrow, whenever you want to get it, go to sandcastmerch.com and start rocking some Sandcast apparel. Looking for a book to read? Well, I know the absolute perfect one. If you're listening to this podcast, that means you are obviously a volleyball fan of some sort, be it indoors or beach volleyball. And that means that you have probably heard of a guy named Ken Steffes. And if you haven't, well, you can flip open our book, Kings of Summer. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. You can find our book, Kings of Summer, The Rise of Beach Volleyball. Now, Ken, he didn't do interviews for like 20 years after his retirement when he was 30. He's the most dominant beach volleyball player of all time. He won more than half the tournaments he played. He won the 1996 Olympic gold medal with Karch Karai, and we wrote all about it. We had the first inside look of the rise of beach volleyball from the first professional tournament in 1976 up until those 1996 Atlanta Games, the first that beach volleyball was in the Olympics. I had an absolute blast working on this book with Kent, and Kent had a blast writing on it. He's been writing a ton on Facebook. He is back in the beach volleyball game, and the best, I mean, it's honestly... Yeah, it's the work that I'm probably more proud of than anything that I've done because it, it had interviews from all the greats. It had Sinjin Smith, it had Karch Karai, it's got Randy, Dodd, Hovland, and then Kent's there the whole time, his voice going in and out and writing it with me. And if you're a fan of old school beach volleyball, if you're a fan of beach volleyball at all, if you're a fan of volleyball or the Olympics or just stories of greatness, that is the one for you. So go ahead, go to Amazon and pick up a copy of Kings of Summer today. You get to like a good say like obrigado. Yeah, no, yeah. Every every like ball person, I'm like obrigado, obrigado. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's <laughs> or it's like fun. the refs are like, come on, it's time to get out, and I'm like, disculpe, disculpe, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's hilarious. That was fun. But it it's always it's so different to see because just playing the conditions are always so different when you play internationally. Mm-hmm. I mean, the jet lag I think is one of the most underrated uh, factors that most people can't empathize with. It's like, why Why are they playing like sort of sluggish? It's like, you have no idea what a nine-hour time difference does to your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's different. Yeah. yeah, or a multiple-week trip or mm-hmm. the food or all those things. Yeah. Flu. <laughs> flu, yeah. yeah. Flu will do it. Oh, it's so <laughs> yeah. brutal. Had you traveled at all outside of the U.S., even not for volleyball? Just um, period? Growing up, I went to Costa Rica with my family, and we went to Mexico a few times, um, Canada a handful of times, because my mom's side of the family is from upstate New York. Mm. Um, and then I went to school for two years in Hawaii, and I know that's uh, part of the U.S., right, but yeah. pretty <laughs> you much. really it's pretty feel much. like you're in an international yeah. place, for I sure. I Hawaii is my favorite country. Yeah, so. sure. <laughs> And yeah. people in Hawaii don't. It's mainland and Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. definitely feel like they're a different country. Yeah, after learning in Hawaiian history class, I was like, I kind of feel guilty for being here right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Us white people really, yeah. uh, really came in here hot and just took over, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was yelled at all the time as a kid. <laughs> so you, know, hadn't, you hadn't left the northern North America 
Yeah. Right? So South America, yeah. and you still got to do the whole... That's cool. I mean, because you're in for it now. The world tour? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you you and Zana are signed up for the Maldives mm-hmm. and Dubai, Dubai. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'll be Maldives there. Maldives looks wild. Be- just looking at the, the group chats, it's like, because there's only one hotel on the host island, and so a lot of people have to stay on a different island in the Maldives and get a boat to the tournament. Wow. That's oh, like the that ta- sounds amazing. That's the taxi I'm not going to want to play volleyball, but I really want to be there. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to look up snorkels to buy right now. Snorkels so to I buy. I can bring it with me. Yeah. <laughs> it might be cheaper there, actually. Really? Because well, I feel a like... A lot of those places are pretty cheap. Okay. Like, Indonesia is super cheap. The Maldives is, uh, I think it's such a tourist, tourist. Okay. destination. They're, they're, like, they're going to want a snorkel, so we'll charge them like... 400 for a snorkel because we're the only people who are distributing snorkels. That's if I true. come with my snorkel, That's I'm ready to go. Correct. <laughs> Don't get it at the resort. Go to like a local store yeah, and yeah. it'll be like yeah. a fourth of the price. But yeah, you can bring a snorkel, let's yeah. be honest. Because that's been one of the toughest parts for the players playing in that. They're like, there's no way any of us are making money, especially the no. people in the qualifier have to pay for the hotels because the hotels are hugely yeah. expensive. And then the, the ferry is another expense in and of itself. And then the airfare to the Maldives. And I haven't looked it up, but I'm sure it wasn't, uh, wasn't a quick flight to Florida. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like 30 hours, I think. Shoo. Yeah, that's a nuts one. Uh-huh. But beautiful, undeniably. Yeah. A beautiful place to start your international career. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, did you get uh, FIVB points from Brazil? I think we got 200 each. That's a start. That's yes. not bad. I don't really know what that means, but we do have 200 <laughs> That's points. the equivalent <laughs> of winning a future. <laughs> okay, oh, really? Cool. Yeah. That's cool. pretty good. Yeah, so that's honestly a pretty great start, especially since I would assume that it was funded with USA. Yes. So it's yeah. really nice to get free points. Yeah. Because those are really valuable. When you start calculating the yeah. point per dollar ratio, you start getting <laughs> to you started getting pretty depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think Jose was saying those are additional points, so they like are frozen, and so they add on to whatever finishes are like counted for. So, you, like, so it, like, it won't top. get washed out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's acting like a. That's how Norseka works. Right. Okay. Yeah. Is you can play as many Norsekas as you want. It, it, they're sort of like the AVP next of the international system. Mm-hmm. Is basically what you just okay. did. Yeah. But how did you uh, how did you and Zana get together? She That's said, a good pickup. Yeah, she was like, there's a Maldives tournament. Do you want to do it? I was like, sure. <laughs> Simple as yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> because honestly, like, I am still in my grad program. It doesn't end okay. until next May. And my mindset going into this year was to get my feet wet domestically. Um, and I... I thought like the transition from being a student athlete to being a student athlete would be easier with the structure of school still in place. So I started another program in January um, and I didn't want to like jump into beach volleyball and just put all my eggs in one basket and like hope that this works out. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have a gradual transition that allows me some mobility um, and also allows me to further my professional side of things, not a career, but school. Yeah. Um, and so I wasn't really thinking like FIVB would be on my radar. Um, and so obviously the trials was a cool opportunity, but I was not, I guess, looking to just full, full force go FIVB. But then she asked me and I'm like, 
why not? Let's try. You started playing too good. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's good, too, to, to get a little, obviously, some points under your belt, mm. but also just some international play because you play well, and all of a sudden you're sitting in within reach of being in this Olympic race. Like when I started with Haydn in 20, uh, what was it, 13? 13, I think. Um, was it 14? Somewhere in Maybe that 14. Yeah, I, I wasn't even thinking, like, I'm, oh, I'm going to go on the world tour and be one of the Olympic teams against Dahlhauser and Gibb. But then we went and did well in, like, three events in a row. And Hayden's like, well, we're in the Olympic race. Should we go for it? I'm like, well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> let's go for it. Yeah, <laughs> like, we really had no plan at all. So yeah. it's good to at least get started and yeah. see what happens. I mean, that's the ultimate dream. And so... I think this year makes me realize that it's not out of reach completely because I feel like growing up when I'm like, oh, I want to be in the Olympic, it's it's like, oh, so does every other kid. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, just to know that like it could be possible is like super encouraging and yeah. It's a very different game too. I think that's what you learn as well. I think your game's going to translate easily, but like everyone that plays World Tour AVP is like, there's World Tour volleyball and then there's avp volleyball mm. and there's been a few people over the years that where it just doesn't translate they just can't go overseas and get the finishes mm-hmm. um but it is just a little different so it's good to just get those reps in and understand what it feels like different ball obviously but different mm-hmm. styles of play too because all these countries they're not like the u.s we all see each other so mm-hmm. if someone starts playing a different style we can kind of adapt and like mm-hmm. You know, we all kind of are going to play a similar style as a whole. But then you have, like, other countries where they're just doing stuff. We have no idea what they're doing all yeah. all off-season. And then you just show up and they're doing it. Like, Australia is running these crazy sets of the pins. Swedish kids are just jumping on literally every touch. <laughs> like, basically, serve-receive jumping. Yeah. Oh, that, I think that's it's, next. It's, they're crazy, um, man. The, the Dutch are like, wow, okay, everyone's going to be seven feet tall on the court. <laughs> like, it's very different yeah. and, and unique, so... Yeah, you just got to get out there and feel it out. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you. but And I think that your game especially, because I think the World Tour, it's just the biggest difference, I think, from AVP to World Tour is that it's more physical. Mm-hmm. Like, people just beat the living shit out of the ball on the World Tour, which is why I think that your game fits <laughs> real well. Perfect. Because you have the biggest arm. Yeah, that's always my game plan is <laughs> see ball, hit ball. Hope for the best. <laughs> it's worked out pretty well. I need to become more of a finesse style, a little... That's my goal right now is to become a well-rounded player. It's always easier to take something off than <laughs> to learn how to hit hard. Yeah. <laughs> I think. That's what me this year, in the beginning of the year, was just hit the crap out of the ball. And then finally, as AVPs rolled around, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot I have, a, I have an off-speed game that's going to really help in this whole like inefficient yeah. thing that I got going here. Yeah. But I think it's also really useful for you that all your finishes are going to be backloaded. So you'll have time. They'll be at the end of the year. So you'll have time to do your, finish your grad program, and you won't have a crazy hurry to get back on the world tour mm-hmm. um, because it's, like, it's hard to go international, domestic, international, domestic. It's cool that you're just like you did your domestic section, and now you're just international with Zana. It's cool at the end of the year because this is the time of year where a lot of teams will start sitting out to rest for the next year so they're a little bit lighter but the points don't change mm. so you can take advantage of sort of you know you said you always want to bring your a game take advantage of a b game 
You always <laughs> want to bring your A game and take advantage of a B tournament. Yeah. And a lot of the fall tournaments are sort of B tournaments because a lot of teams will start prepping for the Olympic race. So I think mm-hmm. that you're doing like the perfect thing right now. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Didn't plan it, but <laughs> that's good to know that it worked out. <laughs> Sometimes things just happen for a reason. Like you didn't plan on your knee getting hurt. And it ended up working out pretty well. You just had the best season of your career. Gina had the best season of her career. Yeah. <laughs> and here you are. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> but the, you said the Olympics are kind of the, the ultimate goal. Are you, mm-hmm. like, is goal setting a big part of your process? Um, that's a good question. I think not so much as I've gotten older. I think when I was younger, I was really intense, really competitive, uh, had a goal, had an outline of like how to achieve that goal. Um, and as I've gotten older, I feel like I bring that level of intensity and work ethic that I've had, but I approach it in a way more lighthearted. I love this game kind of way. And Mm -hmm. knowing that I can't control the outcome, but obviously wanting to maximize my potential and be my best self. And I think my goal has changed from, um, outcomes and accolades to I just want to be my best self and whatever that means is like that's fine outcome like yes I say my goal is the Olympics but honestly like if I can't get there at my best self like I'm perfectly content with being wherever I'm at knowing that I reached my potential yeah and if that means the Olympics cool that would be awesome but if it doesn't mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be crushed because of it yeah I love it you're a well-rounded human being. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, that's going to increase her chances of actually pulling it off. Yeah. Don't versus, jinx it. Versus, <laughs> Don't uh, jinx it. I got wood right here. We'll knock <laughs> But, like, versus other people where you just hear, like, I'm going to do this and it's going to happen. And I'm like, eh, eh, probably, maybe not. You know? <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. I, th- I think it, it's backwards. Or there's just too yeah. many traps in the whole, like, I'm going for that thing and it's going to happen. Just like moment to moment be your best and see where you end up yeah i like that boom (laughs) what are you studying right now anyway i'm in a communication management program okay yes is this your second master's yes how many degrees do you have (laughs) well en route to a third i guess Uh, but because you have i mean did you get your bachelor's at hawaii yeah finish undergrad at hawaii and then an entrepreneurship and innovation program at sc which was awesome like I feel like I learned a lot I feel like the workload was very manageable so in my mind I was like oh what's another master's you know so I was like I'll just start one and I'll make the transition easier because I won't really have to be dedicating that much time to it but this master's program is so intense in terms of workload and I've just been like I'm burnt out from my spring classes I've already taken summer classes and I started fall like three weeks ago and I'm like I can't do this. Oh, my God. Like, over the summer, I've literally written more than 55 pages. (laughs) Jeez. I know, between my two classes. That's not, like, creative writing, I'm sure. I'm sure. No, it's, it's like, research papers. (laughs) Yeah, Travis is like, I wrote that last week. (laughs) No, I know. You you crank out. I write write fun things. I'm I'm totally sexual. I feel like you're gifted, and you (laughs) can just crank out where I'm like... What do I write? I don't think do I, I wrote write? 55 pages in my whole school career from <laughs> I don't mean first grade all the way. No yeah, way. I've never applied myself more than in this program. <laughs> I also got in and out of SC four years, scraped yeah. by C average. Just like, oh my God, I made it. Yeah, C's get Thank degrees. God. That's, That's it. it. 
Yeah. D's get degrees too. You just gotta counter them with a B. <laughs> <laughs> I love George. You just gotta counter them with a B. Okay. That's yeah, what I learned because right, I needed to be at the C's two point oh. Like, oh crap. D. D's as well, but. <laughs> but if I get a B here, yeah. then that's a C average. <laughs> yeah. And how many times have you been asked your GPA in your life? Uh, never. Zero. In high school, I remember like. You know, it was a thing, and then after that, so it's like yeah. School in general, I'm I'm not a good person to talk about school. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Whew, I got out of there, never going back. Man, we had a guest speaker in one of my journalism classes, and um, and he was talking about how he would always skip his classes to go do newspaper assignments, and our teacher was like, "You can't be telling these guys this." He's like, "I'm telling the truth." He's like, "You'll never be asked for your GPAs. Get a C. Do the minimum." Right. The teacher was like, "All right, you're done." <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think it's true though. A lot of people that were so good at school when I was in school and I was just struggling because my brain just didn't work like that are know. struggling a lot more in the real world than I am where I feel free and just able to like there's no like cheating in the real world, right? You either got it done or you didn't. Yeah. You're either the, the person for the job or you're not. Whereas like in school it's like, well, if you looked at that person's paper, then you cheated. Well, well no, I got the answer onto my paper. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't mean to be like, you know, I don't believe in cheating and all that, but yeah. I may she have had to look. degrees too. If the answer calls, I listen to the Sandcast, we're revoking the, your degree. <laughs> in the real world, wouldn't that be foolish though? Like if the answer is right there to not look up and just, dude, the goal, <laughs> the goal is to get the answers on this piece of paper okay so how am i gonna get them i don't know them but they're right there so i'm gonna do the assignment get the job done you learn how to be resourceful yeah resourceful. and i did my best you know that's how i justified it yeah. i'm like i'm gonna do as good as i can and then figure out a way to get the grade that i need or else i just fail and i'm just it was a waste of time i don't know that's probably bad but for any high schoolers listening also if your I gpa went, matters <laughs> Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> got to get into college, and then after that, seize the gate degrees. Yeah, and also I think if I went back to school nowadays, I'd be, like, way more invested in, like, listening and enjoying the learning part of it. Yeah, we probably wouldn't be studying urban planning either, whatever. Yeah, that was major. dumb. <laughs> he got his major in I didn't know what planning. I was doing. What does that mean? No one knows. I don't know. <laughs> it's Are like you a good city planning? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really regret it. But it was, like, real estate. All my buddies from SoCal were, like, going into real estate eventually. Okay. So it's, like, the real estate track. But then the whole degree was, like, urban plan- policy, planning, and development. So policy is rulemaking, basically. Yeah. City planning and then development. And just, like, all things that just don't match with my brain. And then the, <laughs> in the real estate track. So there's, like, two real estate classes. One of them was finance. So, like, my brain exploded for that. And I was like, when do I learn how to just buy houses and, like, own them? Like, that's what I thought real estate was. (laughs) Never learned it. Or go to cool properties and just be like, you want to buy this and then get a massive commission. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I like houses. I want to buy a house. I'll do a real estate track. Here you are. I did it. Bought this house. Fixed it up real nice. Didn't use any of the skills that I learned in the degree. That's right. I'm a big proponent of of the gap year. Because, I mean, how long did it take you to figure out what you actually wanted to study in college 
Uh, or maybe you knew like this kind is of a really loaded went. question. I mean, I think communications I was always drawn to just mm-hmm. because I feel like I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy how messages are relayed, how they're received, and how um, communication is the bedrock for all things. Like you can be the most intelligent person in the world, but if you can't articulate your knowledge to someone, it's void. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that part draw, drew me as well as how broad it is in terms of what you can do with it. And so there's so many different routes and I don't have one passion of like, Oh, I want to be a real estate agent. Like I don't know what I want to do, um, outside of, uh, pursuing beach volleyball. Um, and I think that this allows me to have some mobility and, um, different opportunities that are related in, in the field and that I could get more granular and specialized later. Yeah. You'll have options. A d- double masters. <laughs> that, that'll get you a good entry-level job somewhere. <laughs> yes. Hope we don't need one, though. Hopefully you and Zana just kick ass in the Maldives and Dubai. Dubai will be sweet. That'll be a fun one to go to. I heard they have an indoor skiing yeah, place. I have heard that. What? Hopefully you don't have time to go see that. (laughs) That's usually a good sign on the world tour. You're like, oh, there's all these cool things. But if you're winning, you never get to see any of it. If you lose, then then you're doing all the sightseeing. So the goal is to not be able to see any of the cool stuff. My goal is to win and sightsee as well. So maybe we split up our practice schedule to where we're Well, Dubai will be your last one, though, so you could spend a couple extra days there um, and sightsee after. And it's back-to-back, so you can take a day between Uh, tournaments or something. Yeah, one day, fit it all in. Yeah. See all the sights, indoor ski. And Zana is skiing. (laughs) Indoor ski. (laughs) Skiing's the best call during the tournament, but (laughs) probably not the best snow either, I'm guessing, (laughs) in the mall. Yeah, in the mall. And Zana's a good desert. person to travel with because she always likes see, like making a, a little trip out of it, like mm-hmm. making yeah. sure that you do get some life value outside of beach volleyball. Yeah. So she'll be – I mean, you've picked up a lot of good mentors. You had Dane Blanton as your coach. Gina showed you the ropes. Mentor Gina. Yeah, mentor now, Gina. Now you'll have mentor Z. Yeah. <laughs> so you picked a good bunch. Yeah, I'm excited. What have you learned about yourself this year? I feel like a rookie year on the pro tour – I mean, you've probably had quite the deluge of lessons that you've picked up along the way. I have not reflected to yeah. think like this through, the of it, yeah. but I will try to give you an answer. Um, I would say that what I've learned about myself is that I do enjoy a balanced life, um, and I definitely identify as a volleyball player, but that's not where my re- my identity is rooted and I know you know faith is super important to mm-hmm. me and so just having trust in God in all of the highs and lows because yes there were wins but there's also some terrible losses where I really question like what am I doing Do, am I even good at the sport um, and so I think just having that constant has allowed me to not ride the highs too high and ride the lows too low um, but just have like a steady outlook and w- and I guess what I've learned about myself is that um, this is actually a possibility. Like, I could make, I could go far in this sport. Um, and I think it's up to me putting in the work um, and kind of having a future projection of, yes, it may not look like 
wins all the time and I may have down tournaments, but over like five years, where will my game be then versus now? Mm -hmm. Because I honestly feel so young and new to the game still in so many ways I want to refine and grow my game and learn more about the sport and like honestly just master my skill set within the sport. Um, And so that's what I'm super excited about and just knowing that where I'm at now, like, I can be a lot better because I know that I have so much growth to do still. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you've changed <clears throat> physically at all? <sighs> Just, like, strength or jump or um, velocity of the ball or anything like that? Um, I honestly don't think so. I think that I try to stay consistently in, like, the weight room um, and training and whatnot. Uh, but I think SC did a good job of preparing us for the next level. Um, and yeah. Yeah. The reason I ask is when I was, what, 23, I came out. Um, I think every year I gained like three to five pounds, Mm. maybe three pounds over like where my playing weight was up to like 20 pounds. Like I think I started at like 180. And so, like, physically, and, and I see where I'm jumping, how high my head's getting over the net, all that changed, like, every year a lot. Um, velocity on the ball, all that kind of stuff. So that's why I'm wondering. Yeah. I would say because of COVID and having an extra year in college, as well as having a medical hardship from mm-hmm. indoor, like, I'm pretty old getting out of college. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah, like, I remember uh, someone told me that, like, something was written on Volley Talk where they're like, they're so old. They need to, like, move on and get a life, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, why are they still in college? I'm like, hey, got to keep the 18-year-olds humble, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I also am like... Uh, Free education, structured practices, like totally SC, like the most professional (laughs) athletic program in the country. Arguably, so I was like, I'm gonna ride this wave as long as I can until they kick me out, and here I am. Eligibility is up, still in the grad program. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that because I've had like six and a half, seven years of Mm. college and just study strength and conditioning development. Um, and I think my coach shout out Eric Hernandez, um, at Carolina, my first strength coach was foundational in terms of technical, um, uh, form and just the approach and the mindset around the weight room. And that has set the foundation for like everything that I've done since then. Mm. Interesting. I was like dying to leave college at four years. Yeah, like just graduate so I cannot have to do five, but I'm different. <laughs> I was, I mean, I was right. I was also not on a scholarship though, so I was also like, I was also I need playing money. indoor, <laughs> where I was like, I want to play beach. Yeah, yeah. That um, makes sense. What about? Do you think you've gained a better idea of what kind of partner maybe best suits you? Because you've played, you played with a lot of partners through mm-hmm. college, a few different partners now at the pro level, another one in Zana coming up. Do you feel like you're at the point where you're like, okay, person that, you know, either is better at communication and kind of takes the lead and in terms of strategy and stuff, I need that. And then I need them to be maybe quicker on defense because I'm a bigger block or 
I need them to set well or any anything specific where you're like, that's the kind of partner I need and that plays to my strengths best? That's a good question. I think that I've had the privilege of playing with a lot of good people and playing with different people, I think, develops your overall game because maybe their strength um, helps you realize a strength of yours that you didn't know or like mm-hmm. maybe their deficiency causes you to have to capitalize on a weakness that you had to grow your game. Uh, and, and same with communication styles. Every person, you're communicating differently. Um, and so I think playing with a lot of different people, I've really appreciated what I've learned from each one of them. Um, I would say more so like what I think I need in a partnership is someone who allows me to play freely and like very efficient stream of communication of like, I am just after us becoming our best self and it's never something personal. Mm -hmm. It's like, how can we continue to push the edge? And I want someone who's going to like hold me accountable and vice versa Mm -hmm. and kind of have that like foot on the gas slash like intense mindset that you can just continue to push, push, push. And it's not like a me against a me against you thing, but a let's see how we can literally maximize our potential and be the best team that we can be. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Well, I'm glad you've kept your foot on the gas this season. It's been a (laughs) kick-ass season. And so this will come out next Wednesday which will be after the Volleyball Mag Awards come out. So you are the, uh, the Volleyball Mag Rookie of the Year. That is so On kind. the AVP. So <laughs> congratulations to that. you. We're announcing yeah. stuff here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so congrats on a great season. Thank it's been you. great having you on, great chatting. Yeah, and, uh, this has I'm been awesome. And I'm looking forward to watching you in Phoenix and, uh, and overseas. I'm looking forward to watching your overseas, uh, your FIVB career get off the ground. Thank you, thank you. Congrats. Roy <laughs> got the Roy the Roy the Wug and the Roy Wug and the Roy you learn the all the acronyms yeah <laughs> alright guys shoots 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 thank you. Yeah, you know so many guests have been not shooting with us that was very refreshing <laughs> oh.